0: Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Have you ever pondered what it means to live a life worthy of greatness? What is our purpose and how do we walk out life to the fullest? These are questions we all face as we navigate through life's mountaintops and valleys. You see, life is a product of personal adventure. What you do today determines where you end up tomorrow. Today, Pastor Tim Timberlake continues our collection of talks for the sake of eternity. He's sharing the thought Live full, die empty. To discover how you can be a part of accelerating the vision at VU, visit vuchurch.com slash vision. Remember, what you carry costs something. As you value what God has placed in front of you, you maximize opportunities to pour out to others. Let's lean into the message together. I want you to grab your Bible this morning, if you don't have that, I know you got your smart device and if for some reason you forgot that, they're gonna throw it on the screen. We're gonna be in Second Timothy chapter four. 2 Timothy chapter four, I'm gonna to read to you a passage of scripture as we're in this series for the sake of eternity. And I believe I have a word for you today that's gonna to encourage you and push you Second Tim- Timothy chapter 4, when you're there, say, I'm there. Not there, say, wait on me. Wait on me. Wait on me. I don't hear anybody saying, wait on me, so we're going to read. It says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage our people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful and now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. And I wanna talk to you for a moment this morning from the subject, live full, die empty. Live full, die empty. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment in time. We don't take it for granted that we get an opportunity to assemble, gather, tune in, lean into your word. And so God, we ask that you would change us. We ask God that you would do something significant in us in this moment. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all those that agree, shout amen. If you're watching online, put it in the chat, amen. Come on, one time, can we put our hands together for Jesus? You can take your seats, live full, die empty. When when I read this text and Pastor Rich asked me to speak uh, this Sunday because of what happened and The impact and the ripple effect of what has taken place, I was led to this passage of scripture because I believe that not only does it serve a purpose for our now, but it will serve a purpose for our next. When I read this passage of scripture, not only do the words stand out to me, but the tone in which Paul is speaking to Timothy stands out to me as well. And I was reminded of a conversation I had with my father on my 18th birthday. He sat me down and he talked to me for about five hours and my 18th birthday, that's not really ideal. I didn't really wanna hear a conversation from my father for five hours. (laughs) My dad had been battling with stage four throat cancer and in and out of the hospital for the better of five years. He went through an experimental surgery. They opened up his neck from ear to ear. They removed the tumor from his throat the size of a chipmunk and After they removed the tumor from his throat, they removed the quarter of his tongue so he was no longer able to eat or swallow. He was fed through a G-tube for the remainder of his life. And the tone of the conversation that we were having was different. Being 18 years old, I thought the tone of the conversation was different because it was my birthday and now uh, this year 18 is significant from crossing over uh, from being a boy to being A man. He began to unpack things to me and tell me things uh, in a manner that was serious and in a manner that was important, in a manner that was very intentional to him. And after about five hours of him really declaring, decreeing, telling me what my future looked like, telling me what his expectations were, telling me that my life. Uh, should be lived at a level differently than how I was currently living yet. He pat me on the leg and he went upstairs to his room. 2 a.m. the next morning, my mom knocks on the door and she says, I need you to help me get your dad. He's not responding. So I rush into his room and he's laying on the bed. I pull him out of his bed and no sooner than I can pull him out of the bed, he transitions from this life to the next. And I remember in that moment thinking to myself, I wish I had more time. Yeah. I remember thinking in that moment, I, I wish I had paid more attention to what he was telling me because I thought that I had more time. Not only the words that he was saying was important to me, but the tone that he utilized when he was speaking to me was one of urgency. And I remember reflecting back on the conversation, trying to remember each and every word, trying to remember how he said it, trying to remember word placement. And I could not recall what he told me because I was not paying attention. But I do remember the tone in which he spoke to me. When we read this passage of scripture found in 2 Timothy, we we not only read significant words, but we can hear the tone in which Paul is instructing Timothy. He says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus. I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying to you, Timothy. I don't want you to fall asleep. I don't want you to get distracted. I don't want you to lose focus. I need your attention to what I am about to tell you because this is the last conversation I'm going to have with you. This is it after this conversation. I won't see you anymore after this after this conversation. I'm gonna take my, my last ride, my, my last journey. This is it, I, I need you to focus. I need you to think beyond your now and listen to what God has for you for your next. And one of the things that I've come to learn is life is a product of personal adventure. And what you do today determines where you end up tomorrow. I'll say that again because I want you to grab it. Life is a product of personal adventure, and what you do today determines where you end up tomorrow. One of the most defeating words that I've heard and we can find in the dictionary is almost. almost. When you hear that word almost, it's an indicator that you did not quite accomplish something. I almost got the job. I almost got married. I almost had kids. I almost did what it was that God had placed in my heart to do. I almost accomplished my, my goals for 2021. I almost did the thing that I had written in my journal to do. Almost is such a defeating word. I want to ask you this question. What, what is it that you have almost done this year that you didn't quite do? What, what What is it that, that you still have time to accomplish in this year before this year uh, ends and we enter into a new year? What is it that you almost did? When I read this passage of scripture, Paul is not talking about what he almost did. Paul is talking about what he did do. And my prayer and the only association I desire almost to have with me is I almost quit but something in me would not let me quit. I I almost threw in the towel, but something in me would not let me throw in the towel. I almost gave up, but something in me did not let me give up. And I came to tell you today, Vu, that there's greater in you And he that's in the world. The only association with almost, I pray for you, is that you almost gave up but you didn't give up because you realized that there was greatness on the inside of you. And Paul is telling Timothy, there's some things that you have on the inside of you that you cannot come short of. I'm not talking to you from the standpoint and from the position and posture of what I almost did. I'm talking to you from the posture of what I did do, what I did accomplish, the things that I saw fulfilled, the promise that I saw God keep the things that he said to me that I saw manifested in my life. I'm not talking to you about what almost happened. I'm talking to you about what did happen. And I want you to understand that what you carry costs something that there's something on the inside of you that you have to remember is costly. And if you don't value what it is that you carry, you'll miss an opportunity to pour it out for the world to see. You're writing notes. I want you to write this down. Point number one, greatness requires temporary discomfort. Greatness requires temporary discomfort discomfort. Verse five in second Timothy chapter four, it says, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Greatness requires temporary discomfort. We live in a society and in a culture that does not like discomfort and pain. But it's only through discomfort that we can determine what's on the inside of us and the significance of what we carry. If we're not careful, we'll begin to settle for what it is that we want versus what it is that we need. And when we really think about it, whenever we fall short of accomplishing all that God desires for us, it's because we actually get what we want. That's why in the Old Testament, David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have no once, because if I get what I want, I compromise receiving what it is that I need. Greatness requires temporary discomfort. Greatness always has a cost. Greatness will call you to make significant sacrifice to some things that you like to do to receive something that you need to receive. Greatness always provides an opportunity for you to separate yourself from other things. Let me help you understand this. It's not the knowledge that I have that separates me. It's not the information that I have that separates me. It's not even my gift or my talent that separates me. It's my hunger that separates me. It keeps me at the feet of Jesus. It keeps me in my word. It keeps me on my knees praying. It's my hunger and my desire to see greater in my future than I have in my past. And if I can bring myself to the conclusion that greatness always requires discomfort, then I don't mind living my life uncomfortably when we think about for the sake of eternity we're not so focused on what we're doing now that we miss an opportunity to fix our eyes on our next. and if we're not careful listen to me we spend the majority of our time catering to the one thing we can't take with us into eternity think about that for a moment we spend so much time catering to this flesh. And this is the only thing that we can't take with us into eternity. And so we spend time on how comfortable we are and and how this makes us feel. And we live in a society in a day and age where where we're so uh, consumed with our feelings that we forget our convictions. Have you ever read in the Bible where where Jesus asked, how does that make you feel? How do you feel about that? Does that make you comfortable? Are you cool with this? Is this inconvenient for you? He never asks us how we feel because greatness always requires discomfort. Jesus understood this when he went to the cross. He understood if I don't go through this uncomfortable situation and circumstance, they won't have an eternity to go to, but I'm willing to lay my life down on the line and, and live a life of discomfort so that they could live a life of purpose. Greatness always requires discomfort. What have you settled in that God desires for you to be uncomfortable in? Have you settled in your purpose and your calling? I remember one time I I, I preached at a church and I remember going out to the lobby and I was talking to some people. and A couple came up to me and they said, "I, I thoroughly enjoyed service today. I said, you enjoyed service? I'm so glad you enjoyed service. I'm so glad you enjoyed service. I didn't think anything of it. I hugged them, I went to my car, I'm driving home. On the drive home, the Holy Spirit asked me, what if I didn't want them to enjoy service? Well, what if I wanted them to be so uncomfortable that they actually changed? Because greatness always requires discomfort. That there's something unique about those who operate in greatness. They're not afraid of pain. When we look at Michael Jordan, when we look at Kobe Bryant, when we look at Tom Brady, when we look at Tiger Woods, I I notice a trait that's unique to those who operate in greatness. They don't shy away from the pain. As a matter of fact, they lean into the pain because they understand that the pain produces fruit we understand this terminology and the most culturally relevant sayings and mottos is if there is no pain there is no gain because greatness always requires discomfort paul is talking to timothy and he tells him listen to me I want you to preach the truth. I want you to teach the word. There's coming a day and time where people will shy away from truth and lean into what it is that they want to hear. And one of the things that we hear more than ever now is that is my truth. Let me help you out with this. If your truth does not line up with the truth, your truth is not the truth. Something else that sticks out to me is truth always sounds like hate to those that hate the truth. Isn't that something? Truth always sounds like hate to those that hate the truth. Paul is telling Timothy, I want you to teach the truth. I want you to preach the truth. I want you to remind people that their life is significant and it means more than what they currently see right now. What they see right now is just a blip in the grand scheme of eternity. Don't waste your time spending your time on things that are not eternal minded. For the sake of eternity, live full and die empty. Point number two, point number two, point number two is this. Reflection turns experience into insight. Paul is reflecting on his life. He's at the end of his life. He understands this is the last conversation that I'm going to have with Timothy. And so I'm going to turn my reflection into insight. My inlook determines my outlook understand this about the life of paul paul went through significant pain he went through significant turmoil he was imprisoned he was beaten he he was stoned he went through all these different things and at the very end of his life he's still giving thanks to god not for what happened to him but because god in and of himself is faithful to have seen him through every situation and circumstance and i wonder am i talking to anybody that's grateful that god is good even even when your situation and your circumstance is good. God is faithful even when it doesn't seem like what you're going through, you will come out of. You have to bring yourself to the conclusion that I'm not praising God because of my situation. I'm praising God because of who he is. And if my situation doesn't change, I'll change in the midst of my situation. And oftentimes we have faith in things instead of faith in someone. And so when we don't get what it is that we're praying for, we stop believing the same way we once believed because what we see has not changed. And Paul is showing us, at the end of my life, no matter how severe the pain was, no matter how dire the situation is, God is still faithful. And because he is faithful, I can turn my reflection and my experience into insight for someone else. I love the scripture that says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the words of our testimony. That's why it's so important to be in communities like this so that you can share the faithfulness of God with the people around you. Because your words of God's faithfulness help to encourage someone else in what they may be going through. That they're not going to stay there, but God is going to bring them out of it. And until he brings them out of it, they're going to change in the midst of it. My ability to reflect on my experiences determine my insight. One of the things that Paul is very clear with Timothy on is that progress ain't pretty. Progress ain't pretty. Whenever you think about progress, it's never pretty. Some of you at the end of this year, it's the last month, 2021, you had body goals. This is how I'm going to look at the end of 2021. Around October, you gave up. (laughs) Said, I'll start over next year. And we use terminology like 2022 is going to be my year. Let me help you understand this. Progress ain't pretty. Whenever you're in the gym, if you're in there trying to be pretty, you ain't making progress. You ever get in the gym and you think to yourself, what am I doing? Why, Why am I even here? Why am I putting myself through what it is I'm going through? You ever been in the gym and you worked out or ran so long you start talking to yourself in third person? We go give up. We go pass out. We about to look crazy up in here. You start talking to yourself like you multiple people. <laughs> but it's not until you realize that progress ain't pretty that you bring yourself to the conclusion that the pain is worth the results. You have to understand that reflection on the experiences give you insight. Gives you insight. The third thing that we see in this passage of scripture is what you tolerate, you authorize to exist. If you settle for a less a life less than what God intended for you to settle for, you will live a life less than what God intended for you to live. What you tolerate, you authorize to exist. I'm a firm believer that if you don't challenge it, it won't change. So if you're not comfortable with what you're seeing, if you're not cool with the life that you're living, challenge it and watch how it changes. But what I allow to exist in my life, I authorize and give the ability to stay. I'm not okay with seeing the same things I've already seen. I'm not even okay with doing the same things that I've done. I believe that God has greater for me than what I've ever experienced. And so in order for me to see the greater that God desires for me to see, I have to understand that there's greatness in me. And Paul makes a statement, which is where I want us to land. He makes this statement in verse number six. My life has been poured out like an offering to God. I've lived full and every step of the way, every assignment, everything that God called me to do was me pouring out a portion of my life onto it. I want you to know that that what you tolerate, you authorize to exist. If you're not comfortable with the things that you're seeing, I dare you to challenge what it is that you're doing. Paul brought himself to this place many, many times. He, he said in one passage of scripture, I have to buffet my body every single day. I'm not comfortable settling for a life God never intended for me to settle with. I'm not comfortable seeing the things God never intended for me to see. I'm not comfortable fulfilling my will and allowing what I want to to, to set the precedent over what it is that God desires for me. No, No, my life is filled with greatness and the people around me humanity, society, culture desperately needs the greatness that God has placed in me and every opportunity that I get for the sake of humanity I must live for so that I can die empty. I don't want to die with that ounce of greatness left on the inside of me I desperately want to die empty of what it is that he's placed in me I don't want to dream that he's given me to go to the grave with me I don't want a vision that he's given me to, to go in the casket with me I want to die empty because I've lived full and Paul is saying to us, my, my life has been poured out like a drink offering unto God. And this this passage of scripture, he's, he's quoting, it's, it's a word that we see called labitations, which means a drink offering to God. In the Old Testament, they would take the most expensive beverage they could find and they would spill a little bit out as an offering to God. And Paul is saying, my life is like this glass. And every time I preach, a little bit is poured out. And every conversation I have, a little more of me is poured out. And every time that I give, a little bit of me is poured out. And at the end of my life, my prayer is that I am down to the last drop because I've stewarded my life full so that I can die empty. I don't want an ounce of the greatness God has placed in me to die with me. I want to die empty. And I wonder, am I talking to anybody that says I'm willing I'm so desperate to live a full life so that I can die empty. And I'm reminded of this slogan that was huge in the 70s by a coffee company called Maxwell House and their slogan was good to the last drop. And my prayer for my life is that it was good to the last drop. My prayer for my life is every time I turn my glass up, it's good to the very last drop. My prayer is every time I pour out of me what it is that God has placed in me, not for me, but for the sake of eternity. I'm not here for myself. I'm here for the same that God has called for me to live in. And this is what I want to remind you of right now, there's greatness on the inside of you that's waiting to be poured out. Not for your sake, not for your will, not for your wants, but for the sake of eternity. What is it that God has placed in you that humanity is waiting on you to pour out? What business is it that you're supposed to pour out? What relationship is it that you're supposed to pour out? What conversation is it that you're supposed to pour out for the sake of eternity? And I desire to live a life that's full of His greatness. And at the end of my life, because I've poured out every ounce of what he's placed on the inside of me. Like Paul, I can lift my head and lift my eyes and declare I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now a prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but it's for all who believe. I came to tell you today that there's a crown that awaits for you. You may not think anybody's watching, you may not think anybody sees you, you may not think anybody hears you, but I came to tell you there's a crown that awaits for you. If you can fill up on the Word of God, and on the presence of God, and on the power of God, and empty the greatness out of you, Desires for Jesus to fill them so they can empty their life of the greatness that He pours in. Now, the only thing that matters, the only thing that will remain, is what we do for the kingdom of God. Not our jobs. Not what we have as possessions. Not the car we drive or the house we go into. Not not the friends we know. Not not the relationships or, or the connections we made. But the only thing that will last into eternity is what we do for the kingdom of God. And I wonder, are you full of what God desires for you to be full of? so that you can empty yourself and die empty. The fourth and final thing is this, you can understand this and you can walk away with this. It's all worth it. You contain an uncommon treasure. is invisible but it's irrefutable you can't see it but God can what you carry costs something what you carry cost something don't you dare disqualify yourself because of what you did what you carry cost something and I'm telling you that if you can fill up You can pour out what you pour out is a result of what you put in and the reason you're pouring from an empty glass is because you haven't filled yourself up on what it is he desires for you to fill yourself up with but i'm telling you as soon as you get in his presence he fills you up with more of him and he empties you of less of you so that you can live a full life and die 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 says but we have this treasure and earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us you're looking at your beginning but God is looking at your end. you're studying your flaws but God is studying your future You're awaiting destiny and God is awaiting for you to discover it. I'm telling you, if you can take this moment to realize your life is one of significance. And that he desires for you to live full, so you can die empty. Like the Maxwell House slogan, you can say at the end of your life, I was good to the very last drop. Oh, that's my heart's desire that people would look at the life that I live and say he was good to the very last drop. We don't live our lives for ourselves. We live our lives for two words that we'll hear when we cross over into eternity. And those two words are well done. We don't live for the applause of many we live for the applause of one and that one has the authority and the power to say well done thy good and faithful servant you were good to the very last drop and i wonder am i talking to anybody who desires for that to be your story i was good to the very last drop i poured out of me all the greatness that you poured I want you to bow your hands at this time. Close your eyes. For some of you listening to me right now, whether you're in this room, whether you're at the city location, whether you're online, and you would say, I'm empty. I desire for the presence of Jesus to fill me so that I could live a life of significance for the sake of eternity. At the end of my life, I desire for people to say they were good to the very last drop. that's you right now. I just want you to lift those hands right now all over this room. If that's you online, I want you to put it in the chat. That's me. That's me. I see those hands. 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 I see all those hands. And this is the great news. Jesus sees those hands too. He sees you. not only is he able to change your life, but he's willing to change your life. And so if you got your hands raised right now, I want you to stretch them a little higher. And I want you to put them in this posture that you are ready to receive what it is that he has for you. You are a vessel that God desires to fill, so that you can be good to the very Last drop. Repeat this after me Lord Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to be used by you. I turn away from sin and I turn towards you. And I thank you, God, for giving me this opportunity to return to you and be filled with your presence. Right now, I acknowledge that you are my savior. And I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead for me. And so now God, I surrender my life and I empty me of me. And I ask that you would fill me so that I could be good to the very last drop. Come on, if you prayed that prayer, why don't you put those hands together? if you're alive, if you prayed that, let us know. Put in the chat, I prayed that prayer. Come on, how many of you want to be good to the very last drop? Come on, raise those hands. Let's worship. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from Voo and to connect with us, go to VooChurch.com.